So, you know, what's kind of crazy about that. I find like a similar thing happens with people with large follower counts on Twitter, like, cause someone could be working on like a really in-depth daughters of Cain slanesh combination army for like a year and a half. And then some jerk off with like 2000 followers can like post one shitty picture of a poor conversion. And now it's their idea. You know, Chris welfare has been working on that same army for over a year as well. So, and it's so like Jacob a, and Chris Welfare both got raw dogged by fucking at Magro. But Chris is in the same city as him and also has like a big following in that whole Sydney space. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's so, always going to be Ma- uh, the Magro theme. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really on brand for him, right? Yeah. Do you guys want to just get right into the meat and potatoes? Sure. Get rolling? Yeah. Who needs a, who needs a cold open? I might just quickly get a glass of water um, because I hastily try to set this Zencaster up and um, my, what's this called, Chrome was the wrong version and then I had to watch a YouTube video on how to update Chrome. Did it it teach you how to to download a PDF as well? It said, um, it said, download it and then click on it and grab it and then drag it into applications and then relaunch. So it's been um it's been a really educational experience. Oh, give me one tick, I'll be back. You're the youngest boomer I've ever met. <laughs> Why did you have to lead with that, dude? <laughs> Why did you have to open with the like giant open wound in my heart? The only thing you could have said that would have made it worse is if you actually said that Magro got to it second, but everyone's gonna say he did a better job. The Rage of Sigmar podcast is intended for mature audiences. When the moon is in the Nashville sky and Jacob turns his computer on and Joe powers up his as well and make sure to hit record this is season three of rage of sigmar rage of sigmar it's rage of sigmar or sigmar back ladies and gentlemen to the rage of sigmar production network presenting list ideas with samuel f n morgan welcome to the show as always your host joseph pagano and i'm jacob berry and with us today like i mentioned before we've got sammy list builds just drinking alcohol yes natural so adult so hardcore (laughs) yeah what are you guys drinking tonight um i got a woodchuck hard cider nice sam i'm having i'm having a glass of water um which i just ran away to fill up and i've drunk half of it so maybe i should have got like a bottle or a jug or something so are you just trying to like rehydrate after the big night of partying at nick's stag party or yeah it was good fun i um can you give us the play-by-play 
absolutely. I got there late and I left early. That's that's on brand. Sam Morgan. (laughs) That was was CanCon weekend, the entire weekend. (laughs) Sam was late and left early. Um, Yeah, it was really good fun. I hadn't had any alcohol since since CanCon. So what's that, like 13 months or something? Um, I had one beer and then I stopped drinking. So as the night progressed, it's really interesting um, how much more liberal people get. Like Lockie Mulch K, he is a hard lefty to begin with, but get like eleven beers into him. Oh my god, it's like it's like a Marxist or something. <laughs> Funny, I thought he was a Marxist sober, and I didn't really know how much further yeah. left you could go. Well, like anarchy, once he starts drinking, he, be, he becomes a Maoist. <laughs> he becomes a Maoist. He starts so killing landlords. He had some good ideas. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, for those of you who don't know, Sam is was one of the driving forces behind the revitalization of the dwellers below mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. probably one of the main two reasons that the second iteration of dwellers uh i guess failed its strength check we could say mm-hmm. uh and Absolutely. he's he's been tearing up the australian scene with his mixed destruction and mixed death lists uh and generally known for having 14 twitter accounts and sam how many of those are actually you None. I don't have no. a single Twitter account. <laughs> no, that's and... not true. You, you had you had one that was I had, personal. I had one that was the the Dreadmore account, but then that was it. Okay, and you have your normal one, which is Airbnb Rises, right? I had that. I I decommissioned it, so it really? it still exists. It still exists because it's not possible to d- delete your Twitter properly. Right. Um. So it's just decommissioned at the moment. Um, well, you can always use mine. I've got uh. The Oryx Morgan, if you ever need to like get your thoughts. Oh, is that you? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that one's really highbrow. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I basically make uh, make haiku jokes at whoever haiku Smorgan is. <laughs> that's definitely Chris. That's the smartest one of all of them. That one or the Marx one. Oh, the, yeah, the Marx no is Morgan is so good. Smorgan is. I think that's also Chris. <laughs> Do you reckon? I think it's yeah. Sean Bates because Sean's like sneaky clever. Um. It, yeah, but he like posts like what did you say? Like I think you said on the last podcast you were on or two podcasts you were on with us ago that he was like posting that weird time zone that could be anywhere. Like he has like a, a his two hour window that it could be like any part of the world. Well, tweet deck lets you schedule your tweet deck lets you schedule tweets. You guys know you can do that. So. Yeah, but they're pretty edgy. So they're on. They're like if there's a, a contemporary conversation happening that they mm. fit into that. So mm-hmm. that suggests to me that it's live. Interesting. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Daughters of Cain book, and we're going to talk about other podcasts in a negative light, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about uh, some of GW's new practices that seem a little weak to us. Yeah. So, so uh, what have you been up to in the hobby, Sam? Sam. Yeah, yeah Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just been doing an hour a day. So every day I'm working my way through the June series, and. Um, June, like yeah, the, just, the month after May, but before July. That's it, exactly. Arrakis. I've been reading about Arrakis um, on the Audible. They're really cool. They're actually audio dramas rather than um, like just narration, which is uh, I've done the um, the Stephen Fry's Harry Potter is the, mm. the closest I've done to that, where it's like it's a proper acted out sort of thing. 
Um, and yeah, these are just really brilliantly done. And I've never, I've never read that series before and the film's coming out this year and I really wanted to see the movie, but I, I'd like to be able to say after I see the movie, oh, the books are better. So I just needed to do the, I needed to do the no. research. <laughs> I kind of thought about like doing a proper doing movie would be really hard because of like the massive amounts of like introspective that's in Dune, right? Like, cause there's mm-hmm. so much going on in everyone's thoughts that drives the story. And there's so much like gibberish that comes with how uh how herbert describes like the slightly metaphorical super tweaker visions that paul has right so like you can't i mean i guess you could sort of take that into just like 2001 a space odyssey style montages but a lot of it is weirder than that right like it's yeah and deliberate deliberately so as well i think it i I find some of those arcs to be really confusing um in a good way like you you sort of you don't know what's in some instances what the point of it was um and and then other other times it's just like okay maybe this is gonna um define the sort of character that he becomes and that as the books progress he's jumping forward obviously in his age he's like 12 years older than the end at, at the start of the second book than from the end of the first and um it's he seems to have become more confused <laughs> right like he, you would expect him to obtain clarity over time like you know um who's the dude with time travel in the marvel universe dr strange like dr strange has a level of mastery over his um over his ability to move through time and space um whereas yeah this this other guy doesn't but anyway so i'm doing about an hour a day of painting um the objective is to to try and get no gray plastic if i can get to a point where everything i own is painted uh, then I feel like I've, I've had a bit of a victory. An easy so, way to get there what, would just be to buy only Forge World and only Underworld's Warbands, I think. Because you'd have resin and you'd have colored plastic. Oh, yeah. Mm, good point. Um, uh, what Dune book are you on? Which book are you up to? I'm halfway through book two. So I'm like... Oh, uh, yeah. It gets 30, crazy in four. four 30 something so hours in. Um, I've got them all because I had just a stack of Audible credits. Uh, that I hadn't used, and they cap you at six. So I just went and got like, I don't know, six June books. So I think that gets me most of the way through. I think I read one and two in the last year, again on Audible, similar. Yep. Uh, two weirded me out, and I don't I – sh- I need to start three just to see if I'm bought in once because the world changes a ton over the course of two, mm-hmm. uh, world being like their entire environment, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But like – I don't know if I'm actually going to give a shit the way the world has changed. Oh, you will. You will. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so what is it? It's Messiah's two or three? Messiah's two. So children. Children. Children, yeah, children is three. Children's really good. Children's good. And God Emperor is the best one in my opinion. Yeah, that's what everyone says. So I'm looking forward to, to getting there. I just have trouble with God Emperor after the, the connotation that has taken because of our former president. Yeah, well, I read that before. That got really crazy, I guess. Mm. But, um, so, Sam, give us your hot take once over on the new Daughters of Cain book. Oh, I was still talking about hobby. I've done quite a lot of hobby. Did you not yeah, want to? I wanted more specific specifically. Yeah, yeah, and like what <laughs> what individual colors you used for each different layer? Because um, Joe has I to think... go soon, so like, oh, let's perfect. stretch it out. <laughs> Tuesday morning. Doing... <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I've been doing multiple projects concurrently, which I usually would say that that's probably um, a risk because you don't make any progress on any of them. But uh, it's been really good because depending on the mood that I'm in, I can either do like detailed work if I'm wanting to work on my mixed destruction because that's like supposed to be the best that I can do. So I, I might spend, you know, an hour and a half on a shoulder pad on a single troll or something. Uh, or alternatively, if I just feel like doing volume work, I get my clinician out and I can paint eight guys in an hour. So I just have them all pre-made, um, zenith undercoat, zenith all undercoat, batched up in eights. And I know if I grab eight, I can get them fully done in an hour. And that's Why really eight? cool as well. Because that's just the amount that I can get done. So I set my, my alarm for one hour of work. Because yeah. if I do anything more than an hour, my back is fucked. I've just, I've got to, I've got to get some better desk set up here. Um so yeah, I just I smash through them. Or then if there's stuff for an event, so we've got an event coming up in a few weeks, and I'm tossing S-A-G-T. up SAGT, um, mixed order or um, daughters of Cain. So if there's stuff that I randomly want to play free through them, I just grab it out and, and work on it, which is it's been really cool. And then um, I'm selling heaps of stuff that's unpainted, and then I'm getting Danny to do all my death. So like the, the coupling of those three things, working on things every day reducing the amount of stuff I have overall and then getting someone else to do the work means I'm probably like I've gone from being about 20, 25% painted to, to close to 80 or 90% painted, um, which is, is really cool. And once I hit that 100, I'll just paint stuff as I buy it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> so... Sam, I've also read the Daughters of Ken book like four times and I'm super excited and I'm really interested to hear your take. And you and I have talked about it super briefly in a couple of group chats, but it, why don't you give us your high level overview? Like assume someone knows nothing about Daughters of Cain, but knows a lot about how books tend to be written. How would you mm-hmm. describe how this book turned out and what it's going to do in the current meta? I love this book. I think it's a nice modern adaptation of the first book, which was great for a very, very long time. So the way that Daughters of Cain historically worked is that you would uh, take a number of buffs and layer them. And then the you, you'd basically, you'd have witch elves uh, or you'd have sisters of slaughter and you'd have them, you know, re-rolling to hits or you'd have them having sixes explode and you'd have them having mind razor for extra rend and extra damage and um the the sum of all of those things would make them a real beat stick and they were also super super tanky because they could get a five up after save and they could get plus one save from the cauldron and they could be re-rolling their after saves and and all of that still exists but it's just done this book does it a lot neater like the they've moved to um, some some holy withins and they've they've changed some of the language so it's more consistent with the more modern books um, and I think it didn't need uh, a wholesale revision and the light touch approach actually works really well for this book and I think there's enough easter eggs in the book uh, that that there's these nice little buffs and bonuses that that they've actually lifted the power level up and when I'm looking at it I'm sort of comparing it to Daughters of Cain that was dropped in first edition not the the recent Marathi book I think you sort of need to tie the Marathi book and this book in together and look at the change from version one to the collective of of those two new books rather than from Marathi to this because way to bring it back to communism I appreciate that that (laughs) There's clearly there's clearly some distribution issues with the Marathi book, and you would never have to release this close to each other. Um, they basically should have just pulled the plug on the Marathi book. It was it was too late in the piece, but whatever. Yeah. So, 
my my read of the book and like this is super high level but the really obvious choice right the like the easiest no brain technado from this book is marathi and 20 bloodstalkers right and the sure. other couple obvious things are like hags are still good but they're a little less uh consistent witches went down in points and life takers you know on the charge are still absurd if you get mind razor or if you get other buffs on them they're going to hit like like a ton of bricks um what i want to know from you though is like what are some of the sneaky things you think are going to see play in competitive lists that aren't the super obvious choices yeah sure i mean the the it, it warrants discussing that they've changed the the temples mm-hmm. uh so previously uh, we didn't have a temple for Keltnar, so they've introduced this new temple, which the universal ability is retreat and charge, and that obviously opens up a whole heap of different ways of playing. Uh, it's particularly strong with something like Marathi, which was susceptible to being pinned previously, um, yeah. and you obviously want her force output, you want her damage output to be um, to be as mobile as possible. So that's that's a huge buff that 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 chamber exists, and then. Um, that chamber's also got uh, a command ability, Bleed the Mind, where uh, if you roll a one to hit, you do a mortal to yourself so that it then opens up another um, aspect of play where you can go um, Sisters of Slaughter or Witch Elves, give them shields, um, have them proc mortal wounds on sixes for their armor saves. Um, that's still unmodified, so you do it even if they're rent 7,000. Then they've got this... Um, bleed the mind which can proc mortals and then they've got the um martyr sacrifice which can proc mortals so the way that that works the the math is that 10 um what are they called the obr guys that are impossible to kill 10 more tech guard um kill themselves in one activation so across their 21 attacks that that you should you should kill like seven or eight of them and then the unit basically is useless and you're gonna have guys left and you're gonna get to fight back etc so um so that's a really I've I've been looking at Keltnar. If I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna play Hagnar for the consistency or Celebron for the the response to the shooting meta, I've been thinking about mm-hmm. Keltnar in MSU mainly. Uh, mm-hmm. with with three other notable things I would add to your list of, of, of talking points. One is running a lot or as many as possible of the um the K Knight Shadowstalkers, right? You mm-hmm. can still roll ones to hit, but you're gonna be minus one to hit against me. On top of that, running uh, Geminids to make them ideally minus two to hit against your mm-hmm. lots of Shadow Stalkers. And the last thing, I think this is actually a really important one, is getting the uh, the Heart of Fury Endless Prayer in there. So that yep. if they've got, you know, if Gluttons come in and they're going to be doing damage two, it's like, nope, you can still do a bunch of attacks, but you're going to be damage one. So it, it really leans into a defensive build. Uh, probably yeah, taking I, I Martyr like... Sacrifice and Blessing of Cain on two different hags as well. Yeah, I like the idea of either the Eidneth Tidecaster or a Sorceress in there as well. Just just you're stacking all of the ways you can to get the, the debuffs in. Yeah. Um, I actually know the better, the better version of that now would be the Battle Mage from the Realm of Light because his is on a five up and you do it on your unit. So you can have him oh, out of 30, shit. do it on a unit of 20 shadow stalkers, then teleport them. And then mm-hmm. you can even play into a double with that. Um, that. That could be really cool. That's clever. I think, I think Keltnar, if you're looking to go for that command ability and like specifically use the plague touch sort of approach, mm-hmm. it to me reads like you want to play MSU as much as possible, which really lends itself to your style. 
Right. You don't give a shit about drops. You're just like, let me throw everything on, on the board or have everything null deploy. Yeah. And this is the thing. The book is really great because it has, I think, viable builds that are 12 plus drops and you've got lots of units that have discrete functions and are really effective. And then you can go the other way and you can run a snakes list. Like you can run a good snakes list. That's a one drop, or Mm -hmm. you can run an excellent snakes list. That's a three drop. So, um, that's really cool that you can you can do that, and that's obviously the inclusion of a couple of new battalions uh, that we first saw in the the Marathi book, book, but yeah. a, a new from one to two. Um, the the next temple, Drake Ganeth, I think as well. Um, in terms of the Easter egg stuff, the, this one is what I'll probably play at SAGT, and there's mm-hmm. there's two things that are happening here: bladed killers, so you get rend one if you charge for um, and daughter then, for sisters of slaughter or for witch elf units. Almost right for keyword Drake Ganeth Witch Elves. Yes, and keyword which includes Sister Slaughter. Yes. So you get your two cauldrons, which are super cheap. Um, so the I think the um, the traditional battalion, the Slaughter Troop that people took in Hagnar, mm-hmm. ports over really nicely to Drake Ganeth because every time you charge with your Slaughter Queen on Cauldron of Blood, she's doing D three impact hits. She's getting plus one to rent for all of her profiles, including her and the Avatar, and, and- she's got. And she's got Death's Kiss, which is um, the artifact of power from that realm, which is from that temple, which is plus two attacks. So she's already got a really good weapon on the charge. So you want to be retreating and charging with her. Uh, And then also the Sisters of Slaughter. I understand like the six-inch piling gives you play around so that you can avoid activation wars and stuff. But being able to charge gives you objective play around because that 2d6 doesn't need to be towards the closest enemy. Once you've got one model in combat, you can um, span out across the board and contest objectives or tag multiple units. There's a heap of there's a heap of really sneaky play um, that, that you can do with that, which is cool. And then the same thing applies to their command ability. So 1,000 uh, thousand blade forms get plus one to hit on your um your buff wagons because again it's drake Ganeth witch elves yep now a lot of people have been talking about or you know i've seen here and there people talking about how sisters of slaughter took a nerf in this book and i don't think that's true but i think there's a bigger emphasis both with mind razor and with with Draichi on getting the charge um mm-hmm. but really i think with sisters of slaughter it just lets you you can sit at six inches and still roll your charge and see where you land. And if you don't use it, then you you go ahead and use your six-inch pylon. And like you said, mm-hmm. it gives you the flexibility to charge around things and then use your six-inch pylon. So a lot of times when people talk about fire slayers, they underestimate how fast they can be because of the double pylon. They basically get an mm-hmm. extra six inches of move a turn if they're moving through units, right? If you think about that with Sisters of Slaughter, who can run and charge, and then also pylon six, and they're using that six-inch pile and to actually get somewhere. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. like you said, objective play really gives them a lot more to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, anyone that's saying that they've been nerfed is a moron. Um, I, I'm yep. so glad that I'm not in any of those chats. Like, it's just a dumb off. I, I, I know we're going to get to this later, but we've got two groups of simps that, that play Warhammer at the moment. At the one end, we've got these simps where the, the level of analysis um, is, you know, in the negative. They, they, there's no <laughs> critical thought given whatsoever. And then it's like a, okay, so what's our x-axis is across, right? It's a few years since I've been at school. X-axis mm-hmm. is across. So there's like a level of, um, you know, critical thought and analysis that goes into it. And then y-axis is interest. And like, if it's a bell curve at both ends, you've got morons. And 
in those WhatsApp chats, you've got people at the extreme other end where they've overanalyzed it so much that it's not interesting anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the Sisters of Slaughter. I didn't realize you had so much beef against Tom Lyons. No, actually, I actually, see, this is the thing. Like, I, I, I have a level of respect for those people and I like I like them as people, but I think that they've they've missed the point. At some point, it's no longer fun. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's so analytical. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and sometimes their takes are wrong anyway because their base, where they've started their analysis from was the wrong base point. I mean, did um, you see the person on Twitter who posted, like, here's what 20 no. life takers can do? Okay, no. well, <laughs> I, I realized that we'd already talked about how you don't have Twitter anymore. But I'll tell you, yeah. there was a guy who posted, here's what 20 life takers can do and applied every single possible buff uh, mm-hmm. to 20 life takers and completely ignored the fact that life takers are on 40 mil bases and they have mm-hmm. a one, one inch reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So running a unit of 20, you're never going to be able to apply that force to one target unless mm-hmm. someone is the biggest idiot and puts 60 grots in a line and has all the nets on the very ends. Great. The um, 60 zombies, no no nets. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so if the Sisters of Slaughter, there's an interesting little buff in the way that Catechism works, and mm-hmm. that's that previously Catechism only worked in the combat phase. Um, and now Catechism works with melee attacks. So yep. you could fight with them in the hero phase um, now and your sixes are exploding, which is a nice little thing for like anything in the army. Right. Um, but for, for me, that their, their main strength remains. Like they're so mobile. And um, the, the temples do a lot in, in terms of like giving them retreat and charge out of a battalion is great. Um, giving them plus one rend is great. Giving them an after save um, is, is really good. I think Hagnar didn't, take that much of um, a hit like it was it was clearly the strongest temple previously yeah. uh and, now, and it was and most now, popular by a country mile yeah exactly exactly and then we had three months um we had three months of calebron being like the ascendant temple but that was yeah. a, a one janky build um that relied on on casting a, a spell on a six so it's like it, that's a 50 50 temple in my mind anyway yeah um and that's what I was playing. When I was playing Daughters as my main army, I was playing a Calibron and that they were really strong. Um, but they just weren't as good as Hagnar. Sure. I think I think Hagnar is still plenty strong, uh, especially because they've got the the powered up uh, Witchbrew, right? And Witchbrew is still game-changingly good. Luckily mm-hmm. now it doesn't go off automatically. And I think that was the one mm-hmm. thing that gave Daughters kind of a stupid level of staying power is you just yep. automatically picked in the first turn two or maybe three units that would be rerolling to wound and battleshock immune. Now, I mean, now which, which brew is that? Uh, yes. So, <laughs> so you can spell witch with a, a T or without, and that changes its meaning. It was really funny what well, you said, Jacob. There's got to be an H in there, right? <laughs> oh, was it Joe that said it? Who said it? Joe said it. It was me. It was Joe Pagano. Oh, you're so funny, yeah. Joe. That was a good one. I wish I was high Thanks. <laughs> um, sorry, I just hadn't said anything for a long time. I was just fanboying over this book. I, like, this is my favorite army in, in Age of Sigma. I'm I'm so happy they didn't fuck it up. That's the main thing. That's the that's a, the starting point, right? Um, and then there's a heap of little buffs across the board, and I think pr- predominantly those are driven by the points changes. So the army is so cheap now 
Um, I just wrote a list this morning. I've got a game tomorrow night against my friend Hayden. And, um, yeah, I wrote a list this morning and it came in. Fuck me. I don't know why Games Workshop don't update their apps. It came in on War Scroll Builder as 2,290. And it's going to be a 1,990 point army under this book. That's like a, you're getting 10% across the board. That's massive. How many wounds are you putting up? Uh, let's have a look. I might. Uh, it's 132 wounds. Jesus. Um, Without Marathi, right? No Marathi, yeah. So uh, I've got lots of lots of Marathi uh, lists that I like in mixed. She's just such a great piece um, to to complement like a deep striking army because you start the game with Marathi on the board yep. and um, maybe a unit or two of Arcanauts and then everything else is off the board uh, and little Marathi can cast cogs and, um, and then everything drops down and you're either charging in or shooting and you've won or lost the game within an hour, which is just perfect for me. That sounds awesome. Are you going to re... You ever, do you think you're ever going to do the Super Friends mixed order with Marathi, Gotrek, and somebody else again? Yeah, I think Gotrek is um, lots of fun, but very bad. So <laughs> I'll probably do Marathi, Techless, and a Frostheart Phoenix. I think that's the 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 strongest you can I do. I was actually looking at uh, allying in a Frostheart Phoenix to a Keltnar army, right? Like, give out some more debuffs keep my stuff alive yeah, and let people keep rolling ones. And the Medusa's got a minus one to wound spell. Yep. So like wounds are something that's really hard to buff. There's there's heaps of pluses and minus for hits. There's heaps of rerolls for hits, but wounds are difficult to buff. So if you drop someone from wounding on threes to a five, it's really significant. Um, and a heap of stuff wounds on fours natively. So if you can get anyone down to sixes, that's great. Yeah. I, uh, I love to give the Medusa the withering spell so she can either give my models plus one to wound or give oppo- opposing models minus one to wound i think it's like a really flexible spell choice for her yeah and that one's a really cool spell as well because it, it says um, you're plus one to wound against that unit so it means any allies that you've got in mm-hmm. and there are quite a few viable allies choices any allies you get in work and also means shooting works against it so that's to me, that's a, a really strong... I think it's cast on a seven, which is reasonable for how strong it is, but that's a really good spell. Yeah. Um, my first... So I'm taking Medusas in all my lists that I'm writing at the moment. My first spell that I choose on, on the is, On the cart or on foot, mostly? I'm taking I'm taking them on foot, but I think the cart is probably better. It's just a, like a points thing at the moment. Yeah. Um, so the, the spell that I'm taking is the one that allows you to fly. Yeah. So Steed of Shadows... They buff. They bump the casting value up. It's up to a six now, but it's still castable. She usually has the plus one to cast and, and dispel artifact anyway. The, and then that gives her Shadowstone. Yeah, Shadowstone. That gives her a sixteen-inch move. And then they've also increased the range of her shooting attack by two, so it's now up to mm-hmm. twelve inches. Mm-hmm. So it gives her a twenty-eight-inch like threat range for that. Which in the this meta where um, units of forty skinks are really prevalent, that's amazing. That's a massive threat. Um, and if you go first, uh, then Croak's only on plus one to unbind. So it's just that he's got to outroll you because you're plus one to cast. Um, so I, I really like that combo. I think it's, re- it's really strong at the moment. And then they also gave her an additional unbind. So she's gone from one unbind to two, yep. um, which at a 40 point, point drop, I don't understand, but whatever, I'll take it. Yeah. Or like at a 60 point drop for the cart. Yep. Yep. The cart is yeah, the- absurd. Joe played against the cart a night or two ago, and he was running Sheet of Steed of Shadows also, which I think is amazing on the cart. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, every when he put it on and it like went to my hero phase, I hit him with the navigator debuff. Though <laughs> it's like, oh, he fl- it flies now. Okay, now it only moves uh, two and a half inches. So oh, whatever. And you're was. bracketed. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool, but um, yeah, man, the that book just shines in comparison to the Slanesh book that got released next to it, and like I, f- I was hoping that it would have been something more like when Ko and Siege dropped next to each other because everyone was like Siege is so good, Ko sucks, and Ko's a very good army. Is that Siege was had some really obvious, super powerful alpha builds. Well, the same thing mm-hmm. was true for um, for um obr and ogres right like everyone loves to point to obr and ogres as like the mismatched ones but you see more like bcr more more thunder tusks winning tournaments or placing top five tournaments and you do obr actually so like i think that's another those are both really good examples of well-balanced releases between like an obvious choice and one that you have to work for yeah i really gotta keep reading that slash book to figure out what you can do have you read it all? I haven't, looked, I haven't looked at it at all, no. So um, when they update their app, um, I might have mentioned that I'm dirty. They haven't updated their app. When they update their app, then I'll um, I'll jump in and have a look at it. But the like the analysis that I've seen and heard so far is that it's it's a big step backwards, which is a bit disappointing. Obviously, it's, it's a it's a big step backwards from where they were already like a good half pace back from from competitive yeah they weren't good they haven't been good in the last six to 12 months i don't no. know when the nerfs hit them the seleski's host mm-hmm. was was fine and everything else was pretty mediocre yeah i i really wanted that book to be functional and mm-hmm. it sure doesn't seem like it and i'm looking for way i'm like, trying to think of ways to make it functional you can make like a techie debuff list but that only works if you can sort of kill things. Like when I think about techie debuff lists, I think about gits, right? Gits are mm-hmm. good at sticking around for long enough to grind out this, the couple units they have that can really fight. This book doesn't have much that can really fight. Keepers, so the one thing, like everyone would point to keepers as being this like huge destructive force. They did two things that make the keeper no longer able to fight the way it used to. The first thing is they got rid of the plus two attacks artifact that everyone was putting on the claws. Now it's just plus one attacks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's not that useful. And the second thing is the keeper can't give itself the second pylon. You need to have, oh, okay. it can only give it to other Slanesh units. Oh, so you, that's the, um, the Vordry command ability where it's mm-hmm. like, he can't do it to himself. It's amazing if he could do it to himself. Yep. And keepers were doing it to themselves for the last year and a half, which is very, I would say Slaneshi is just like to be running all over the place and doing it to themselves. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. Anyway, um, but yeah, I find I find the book largely underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> doing it to themselves. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good friend. You didn't have to do that for me. <laughs> I've been watching The Office stacks. And um, I, anytime Michael doesn't get a joke, it just it, it really gets me. I love it. Um, I haven't seen it before, so I'm just plowing my way through. Did you have to sign up for Peacock was... for that? No, it's on Netflix here. We've just got... Oh. Is it NBC? Is that who does them all? So Parks and Rec, yeah. Community, The Office. It's going to give me quite a bit of 
for content. I like like about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, just chucking on a couple of episodes is a really good way to wind down the day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe actually just started watching Community. Uh, and it's great because we realize we're, we're Troy and Abed. And we love to play this game where on the count of three, we both say which one of us is Troy. Ready, Joe? One, two, three. I am. Me. Joe and um, Jacob have a podcast. Yeah. Um, so like I was looking at that Slanesh book and like mm-hmm. one of the parts of the allegiance abilities, I think it hasn't changed. Is that ex- you get exploding six- sixes to explode to two sixes extra hits? Sixes to hit, yeah. Give you an extra hit. Yeah. If you have 20 more models, you can get two extra hits. But you yeah, need to be a heat like, knight now. It doesn't It doesn't apply to yeah. Slaves to Darkness. Yeah, it's got to be a heat knight now. And <laughs> there's only six units that can be 20. And four of them max at 20. <laughs> and so the only one that can be uh, 30 or like more than 20 are the Bliss Barb Archers who have one attack each in combat mm-hmm. and Demonettes who have two, but they're both like four and four, no rend. I think Demonettes, or I think have maybe demonettes are, yeah. are, yeah, they're one rend, but it's four and four, one rend. It's just like, this sucks. There's no way to make this work. And taking a 30 block of Demonettes is like, what 300 points something like that it's just well three they don't get a discount nope oh yeah so that's pretty poopy so like by comparison the witch elves are going to be 30 witch elves 300 points 90 attacks and they can be twos and twos rem one or they could be they could be twos and twos rem two damage two like they could do all sorts of all sorts of nasty things yeah Yeah, that's that's awesome there's almost no buffs in the slanesh book you can get reroll ones to hit really easily but like seven characters have an acquiescence bro yeah seven characters have the, the same one spell and they can all cast it which is great but it's just giving you reroll ones to hit which is fine right and like it's similar to to the wording in uh that we were just talking about with withering where you put it on an enemy unit so you can have multiple units rerolling ones to hit against that one that one target but there's no plus one to hit. There's like one plus one to hit wholly within 12 one-time use artifact. There's, I think, one unit that gives itself reroll to wound. Uh, and there's a there's a battalion that gives reroll to hit for, for specific units that are garbage. It's really tough. And like there's no additional rend damage. You can fight twice if you take a 340-point like really killable demon in the, the Keeper of Secrets. It's like... It sounds like to me the best army is still from Ever Chosen redeploying Marauders and Archaeon. Yes. Like that to me That to me sounds like the best build. Yeah, it's and that build is still better in every other allegiance you can run it in. Yep. It's just, it's tough. Like trying to build lists with this book is not fun so playing it's going to be a really uphill battle to have fun and feel competitive what's the yeah, um like, what's the spawn pool or the ungor pool list that people are talking about where you buy heaps of the cheapest yeah. unit and kill your own guys so you you buy six units of ungor mm-hmm. and you take an ally of a fulmeroid crusher and you mm-hmm. you and you also add like tusk or chariots or gore basically you, you load up as many extra units as you can 
of super cheap beasts. You wrap them around one piece of terrain in your backfield, and then the Fomoid Crusher gets to pick a terrain piece, destroy it, and then on a three up, each unit, or like for each unit within a certain range, I think it's like six inches, on a three up, they take D3 mortal wounds. So that's a way to farm depravity. But you also end mm-hmm. up investing like six or 700 points into this of useless. So for it to actually be worth it, you would need to summon two keepers to break even. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to so you have to do it. And they're, they're, they're not nearly as good as they used to be, right? Now, the, the one thing they did change for the positive is you can summon off of the fame. So just mm-hmm. shoot the heroes doesn't actually stop people from continuing to summon. But you only get to summon one unit. Depravity is way harder to get now. Uh, mm-hmm. To the point where you have to actively shoot yourself in the foot to to get depravity because you have to not wipe a unit. Because the way you earn depravity is at the end of the battle shock phase, every unit that's still on the table that has taken wounds or removed models earns you one depravity. But that's after battle shock, and that's after mm-hmm. you would have already wiped a unit. Mm-hmm. So you have to intentionally leave things alive if you're trying to really farm depravity. So you can never summon turn one. Is that uh, if you? Or went... is it after either battle shock? No, no, it's uh, it's in the battle shock phase. Do you a very a very big favor to let you turn, summon turn one. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to go second to summon turn one. Yeah, sure. It sounds awful. It sounds really bad. Yeah, and even even then, like, what are you summoning? A keeper or thirty demonettes, right? Or like, yeah, if you really want to go with lawnmowers, but yeah, but all those things will die. Everything you know what I mean? Like, everything I know in the book. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. Nothing in the book is like, like you could. There are things in the game that could be summoned where you're like worried about it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, but you're not going to be worried about it much of Slanesh. So, and if there's, if you are worried about it, you're already losing that game. Like, yeah, right. Do you so know how annoying it is when people summon plague bearers on an objective, and they're just so hard to shift, and they're free. Yeah, like there's there's no comparable unit that's getting innate debuffs and innate after saves. Well, there in are the, the there are board. units that get innate debuffs and that get innate after saves. There is the, the new character for 400 points. He's 18 wounds on a three up, and he gives out a, a 12 inch bubble of minus one to hit. He's got a five up after save until he's taken, I think, like seven or eight wounds. Uh, yeah, but he's not 10, 10 guys sitting on an objective. No, that exactly. your heart he's one can't model. hurt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he actually has a cool. I think he's probably the most interesting scroll in the book now. But he's he still... looks like Catacross Light. He looks like a, a weak ass version of Catacross. Yeah, he's he's. They call him Fatacross. Oh, very humorous. Yeah, thank you. Because he's you fat so and he's got Catacross's rules. I like it. Yeah, uh, he. Um, I still just think he's better in a mixed chaos or in a Nurgle list. But yeah, he's one of the pieces in the the like functional debuff list I've been putting together, which then relies on fiends, which are, while still 30 points cheaper than they were last time, still overpointed and mm-hmm. still don't really hit that hard. I like fiends a lot. I've, I own nine of them. I want them to be great. They're still like, they were the subpar choice. Now they're on par, but that's because the book is a subpar choice. 
Let's go back to talking about things that make me happy instead of make me want to tear my remaining seven hairs out. All right. So, Magros. Uh... <laughs> Fuck you. God damn. I wanted to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Morgan. Did you want it? I, I've heard about this, right? So, Jacob, I know you've been slaving, see, slaving <laughs> over a Slanesh army for some time. And uh, it was a hybrid between Daughters of Cain and Slanesh, and it had some amazing conversions, and a lot of thought had gone into it. Uh, and a lot of love. You'd, you'd invested. You'd invested yourself in that army, and then I heard somebody just stole your idea, <laughs> which is I the even, worst kind of theft. I there even, is. yeah, it, it's it's the absolute worst kind of theft. It's it's thought crime, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it. Yeah, I, I I remember thought crime is death, bro. Yeah, it should be. It should be punishable by death. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking pissed about it. I really was hoping you were going to talk about more Easter eggs in the book. Sam, that would make me happier than talking about fucking Magro just sodomizing my idea and making it look awful. That's the one That's the one thing that makes me happy about the whole thing is like the pictures he posted, half of the models are like super sideways and wonky. And maybe he's just dry fitting it with, uh, with like... That's what she said. Nice. Painful. Nice. Um... <laughs> Maybe he's just dry fitting it with blue tack because I did see some like big lumps of blue tack under some models, but I'm just really hoping he's that careless about his execution, which given his track record is like a decent chance. Do you just call for his execution a second time within a five minute space? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you not see that coming? (laughs) Oh wow, Brad was out on the weekend and he was running the Fred Perry. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that doesn't the Fred Perry doesn't like it's not a twenty what twenty twenty one piece of attire. Yeah, but he was wearing a green one, right? Yeah, and no, so, no yeah, the, black, the, the black and yellow is the That's the, the bad Nazi. one, isn't it? Okay, good, yeah. good, good. Which is the nicest looking one. Did he make anybody um do ridiculous shots over the course of the night? They they got a, a plate of schnapps, I reckon, like a thousand dollars worth of schnapps, and because it's a German brew house, they came out in um, pint glasses that were miniaturized, so they Cute. had like the little handles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's adorable, and, um, and that's perfectly and themed was, for Nick. That's exactly right, and it was two to a man. But where we were sitting, I don't drink, uh, and this other guy, these other two guys, Greg and Pete, they don't drink either. So that means there were six spare ones where we were sitting, and. Um, and old Danny plays just knock back eight eight shots like, consecutively. It must have been insane. I'm a bit worried for him, actually. I haven't heard from him since. I was going to ask, have you done wellness checks for any of these guys? Because no one's no. been back in the group chat. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit – I know that they're out. They're out to about – because there's a, um, like a Bucks threat or whatever. They're out to about 5.30. So Wait, there's a different threat imagine... that we weren't part of? I know, with, with equally inane drivel in it. So, um, oh. That, that yeah, that you would expect expect them to have slept off yesterday, but then we'll we'll probably have to check in today and see how it's going. How hard did cousins go, being like back in Australia and like blowing off all that steam? Or was he just talking was about how pro- problematic the shots were? He was very politically moderate. <laughs> <laughs> That's really unlike him. He must not have been very drunk. Oh man. Um. So, let let's give it a, like a one last once over, Sam. Daughters of Cain, excellent, S tier, 
What do you think? I think there's I think there's play for them, um, and I think that they're going to be far more adaptable. So when the meta changes, they're going to be able to move with it, whereas previously they were outclassed once Feck and Skaven turned up. Um, so they had like a they had a twelve to eighteen month run where they were the the, the top book, uh, and the, and this time round, I, I think that they're they're not going to be as ascendant. So they're going to probably be the second or third best book, but I think they'll be able to hold that for quite a long time as you pivot through the temples, depending on what you need to play. Which is that's a way better spot to be. You don't want to be an army that's winning seventy percent of the time. That's that's too high, um, and I think that this book with the the snakes being viable and both snake units being battle line um, with the the battalion that allows everyone in the battalion to teleport with the shadow stalkers um, with there being viable play for 90 witch elves in nine units of 10 or three units of 30 uh, that that means that they're going to actually um, they're going to have a better run uh, but it's going to be with different builds over time which is really cool and i think people will be unlocking builds in this book in six or seven months time that we haven't discussed today but are really strong which is that that's a great spot to be i reckon and conversely it's the, the opposite of what you've described for the slanesh book um so i'm yeah i'm super happy that, that i think this is maybe someone will unlock the only build that actually works for the slanesh book in like seven or eight months when they get a points drop in aos 4 well, that's the other thing as well. Maybe when we just ride this out to AOS three, I don't know how far away that is, but um, yeah, they're not they're not S tier. They're not as good as Fangs of Sotek, and they're they're not as good as Eels. But the that's perfect because those things need to be dialed back. You don't want to you don't want to come out and be S tier. You want the the stuff that's above you to drop down a level. Sure. Because imagine think- if these guys were better than Fangs, that would be awful. That would be truly awful. Yeah. So do you? They don't have enough data to fix Fangs. Yeah, who said who said Fangs is overpowered? Me. Do you um when you look at this book, because you you famously are quoted as having said that Marathi at what three eighty or whatever she was before four eighty. She was four eighty, but she could be hurt by endless spells. Yeah, right. Now it's really hard for me to see her actually being appropriately costed at six hundred. That she, yeah, that, that like it's she's a unique piece, isn't she? She's that there's nothing comparable in the game. Um, if you give away first turn and can't be hurt, and then you play her conservatively turn one, you know you've got you know you've got twelve wounds and the, the a, a double two into three can't hurt you. That's that's a remarkable spot to be. Uh, her spell being thirty six inches when the unbind range is thirty is is really good. The fact you get to have the utility of both the spellcaster um, and the fighter is amazing. So in the past, that was the trade-off. It was like, I need to go big early because wounds on little Marathi are going to double. Um, and I need to be, I didn't have any um, ways of increasing my dispels. So I was plus one to unbind, but because I was an old book, I wasn't plus one to dispel. Mm-hmm. So that meant like, if you cop to pendulum, right, you could just die turn one. Like yep. a pendulum to a small Marathi would just kill her. Um, or I'd, I'd played against, and as I said, Skaven and Feck were the two books that overtook her, uh, overtook Daughters. I played against the Stampede when Feck first came out. Um, and I played against the Rat Trap. Mm-hmm. And both of, the, both of those um, cancelled out my 500 piece, my 500 point um, piece that was really critical to the way the army played. Um, and then the other thing is the temples make her better now as well. So yeah, big time. Uh, and also 
you can take her in a, you can take her in a battalion now. Like there's so many things about, about her that um are, are just vastly different to that first war scroll. Yeah. I feel like she's probably the most obvious choice in the book. Yep. Yeah. So you just go, do I want an extra like buff wagon of 30 guys or do I want an extra 60 guys or, or do I want to take her? That's the the trade-off. And I think once you've played a few games, you'll have a sense of of how well the army is able to contest objectives. Yeah. Uh, and if you're struggling to contest objectives, I think you'll go down the route of more bodies. Um, and if you just want to go and beat people up and, and win by, um, you know, having killed them, then you'll, you'll go down the Marathi route. Right. Joe wanted to wrap this up, but I have so many more questions for you. Have you found... No, I didn't want to wrap it up. I just... I'm sorry. Keep have going. you found other other good Easter eggs um, either that you want to talk about in the army builds or have you been pouring over the lore and any of the, the, the other ancillary material like the Path to Glory campaigns and found any good Easter eggs there? No, I don't own the physical books. I've only got the photographs that were dropped like... It's so cute. Like people that are pleasant for plastic, they got their book about three or four days before it dropped. And, you know, oh, look at this. I got my little book. Isn't this nice? Thanks so much, GW. Kiss, kiss. Guys, we've had it for like 10 days. <laughs> it's, it's like, why are you so excited? Um, so, yeah, I've just got photos on my phone of it. So I haven't had a chance to read any of the lore. Um, I, it's the only, the first edition book is the only one where I'd actually read through the background and I had a sense of what was happening in the cities and mm-hmm. who was where. And it's really cool. In the first book, Keltnar is called out as one of the cities, as one of the temples. Yeah. And it's described as this brand new temple. Um, and it's, it says in there that it's it's quickly rising to power and that the people are super fanatical and whatever. And then all of a sudden now in this book, the story has progressed to the extent that they've got she's their own got, temple yeah. and they've got their own rules. Yep. Um, and I, I also like that in the interim, she's overtaken Anvil Guard as well. That's really cool. Yep, with, um, what is it, Harkaron? Yeah, Harkaron. Um, I don't know. I, I need to have a think about whether there's play in, in Harkaron because they don't get a lot of the good cities rules. Right. But it's going to be interesting to see what ports over well. Um, their version of Catechism is better than the one in the Daughters book because it affects shooting as well. Yeah. Um, and you can cast it multiple times so everyone in the army can be catechismed. Um, so I just need to see if there's anything you can do with that. But, I, yeah, I think I, I'll stick to straight Daughters. Yeah, and um, on top of that, you – I mean, the Endless Spells all count as Empowered. So there might, I, I haven't mm-hmm. even looked at how, how Daughters models would play with Empowered Endless Spells. No, not in that one because I don't have ways of the free people. That's the, the oh, problem because you want that. Because in cities list now, you want to take ten um, warlocks for two hundred and forty points, sit them on a backboard edge, cast the limitless portals, and then do six mortal wounds to support characters. Right. Because that that's really cool, but you can't do that in that build. I think even in in this book, if you're going to take. Um, warlocks which you should they're a really strong unit uh you, you probably want to get the portals as well because that flat six mortals is so good yeah um they obviously got a stack of buffs so plus one to wound on every profile uh, even the horses which didn't make any sense right uh, plus two inch plus two inch range on the shooting uh, and move then 14. plus one to cast Were they always move yes 14? super fast yeah always move 14 elven horses yeah sure. and then um and then yeah plus two inches on the shooting plus one to cast with only five models like i, I think they're the big winners um, and I really want to try that battalion. The the grainy pixelated version of the battalion that I've got, it looks like you can teleport all six units you in can. the battalion. Yep. So that with that with a heap of um, 
Shadow Stalkers. The Shadow Stalkers could just be super cool, right? Yep. And then you just need the battle line and some heroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, a good friend of ours, Mike Scaletti, played Slaughter Troop. Uh, and I've been building some Slaughter Troop lists, and I really like it. Uh, I love the... I mean, Life Takers with, um, with Mind Razor are insane. But mm-hmm. so are Heart Renders, and so are... Uh, so so are the horses, right? Like the the Doomfire yep. Warlocks get six attacks a turn, four of mm-hmm. which are in melee, and that's mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. I like that little buff that Marathi gives when she's in combat. She's plus one attack. So in mixed, I've been running fifteen heart renders and Marathi, and them charging in because they're now rend two in combat as well. Mm-hmm. So if they set up that turn, they're just rend two. Whereas previously, it was only uh, their shooting attack was rend two. Yep. Uh, and they've got a two inch range, so fifteen of them chucking out thirty attacks yep. uh, at rend two is actually really good um, for you know specific melees. You wouldn't you right. wouldn't throw them into something tanky because they're still fours and fours. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's funny that you can have that the life take. There's so much symmetry between the life takers and the heart renders with, um, either on the charge or just with, uh, mind razor, right? Because mm-hmm. the heart renders will be, uh, rend three damage two with mind razor on the turn they drop down, and life mm-hmm. takers are rend two damage three. So it's do I need to get through this armor or do I need to just stack up damage? Yeah, and I mean, it's better than the turn they drop down. It's the turn they set up. So the things like right. Calebron will trigger right. it. Or that Shadow. teleport in the... Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if there's... I don't think there's a an argument for taking like the boat or the... The bridge. Um, the bridge, but maybe there is. Maybe it's maybe if you've got um, the shooty snakes. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can only fit 12 shooty snakes in the boat. So yeah. you're, you're probably capturing it at a 10 there. And then you're going to lose one. So you're down to nine. It's just a question of if you're using Marathi's command ability or not, because you want to move them in the hero phase. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's the only way that uh, you can sort of reproduce what what Corey did. Yeah, Corey, Cody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Corey. Shout out to Corey. He's a really good player. Really nice guy. Top low, top list, uh, top tables. I think he's. <laughs> um, I think Sam. he's sour on this book though. Um, that, that I, I'm not like mates with him, but that's what I'd, I'd heard. Um, Sam, what do you think about the Calibron teleport swording? <laughs> They're so slack, aren't they? Like, I think that, that it's it illustrates a broader issue with just their, their quality control. Uh, and there's stuff in there as well. There's a heap of random typos that I've spotted, like capital S's or apostrophes, either in the wrong spot or not there. And it's just like that that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff is so easy to get right. And getting it wrong makes you look unprofessional. Um, and it makes you look like that, that there's not a, a level of investment or care. Um, it's just a cash grab. So here's a question, because Joe and I, when we first talked about this command ability, we were under the impression it was you can't move, that unit can't move in your next movement phase. But it actually says- at the moment. No, no. It says in the next movement phase. The. Which means if you double, you can't oh, move them. Up. But if you yeah, that's right. don't, if you you don't double, turn. they can move. So I actually, I actually really like that. If that was an intentional choice, I think mm-hmm. that's- phenomenal right like giving a disincentive to taking the double yeah i don't think it was i think i'm just i just pulled it up then to read it (laughs) not a chance (laughs) it's very clear i mean to me it reads like uh they originally put that sentence in 
and hadn't changed the commendability to happen mm-hmm. at the end of your movement phase. And then they're like, oh, you know what we could do to just simplify the whole problem? Instead of letting you teleport at the beginning of your hero phase, we just make sure you teleport at the end of your movement phase. Put that in, send it to print, take an early Friday, yeah, I'm out of it, here. It, it, it kind of feels like it's like, hey, man, did you do your homework? And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, what does it do? It's in three periods, man. All right, to study hall. like. <laughs> That's so fucking good. You know, like the rules team, they were like, hey, you know, we're supposed to have a Daughters of Cain book out in a month. They're like, what? What? <laughs> Nobody told uh, me. Yeah. You can excuse like logistic stuff. I completely understand a global pandemic affects your ability to move product. That's fine. But anything that's like a written document, this should be better, not worse. Like if people are working from home on this shit and it's it's being circulated and yeah, peer reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever said you weren't the funniest member of the Dwellers? Almost everyone. <laughs> well, they were, they were wrong Nick, because because just there, that was beautiful, beautiful community. Nick work. Gentile didn't even turn up to the Bucks, so I don't know. That, yeah, that sounds right. isn't, that's his thing, right? Isn't that his thing? That's his bit. What's your bit? I never <laughs> see my friends. Oh, I thought his bit was like uh, super racist Asian caricatures. Are they though? This is a question I've legitimately got is like imitating somebody's voice racist. I don't know. If you're I, like, imitating I, I, somebody you know and like that's maybe less racist, but if you're parroting uh, Asian stereotype by pronouncing all of your R's as L's or, or vice versa, right? Like that's maybe a little bit more problematic. Okay. So it's like about the... Um... The context. The context, yeah, the context. And, like, and where yeah, you yeah, get yeah. where you got that piece of information. Is it is it a stereotype that you heard so you're repeating, or is it like, huh, Kevin has a lisp, let's make fun of him for that. Right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not great, but not racist. So I think on that on that definition we have to say he's a racist, a flagrant racist. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure pretty sure that's why you guys canceled the show, right? Yeah, exactly. You, well, coming back actually, we've got a um, No you're not. Shut up. Yeah, Shut yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck up. Because um, Nick's Nick's got this leave. Nick's got this leave coming up, and um, they're not going on their honeymoon. No, not Nick Lecoq. (laughs) He's um, he's playing six ed. He's Nick Legrand's playing six ed big time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Nick's got this leave coming up, and then uh, I don't work, and then Danny sort of works for Randy, I think, and then um, and you and you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you pay um, him on retainer, right? Like you don't pay him per job. It's just like this is the monthly, um, yes. Yeah, so then we just got to wrangle a few others, but we're gonna we're gonna do one in a couple of weeks, I think. Oh, that's so exciting! Can can we just come on just to sing the Badoop Doops? Yeah, we're not allowed to do that song anymore because even though it was appreciation, not appropriation, some people some people were upset by it. Badoop boom boom Badoop boom boom. <laughs> We've actually got a new song and it's amazing. Like, actually, it's Danny sent it to me. Way too many spoilers here, but yeah. Danny sent it to me. Oh, uh, Sam, you sent Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) There's some dwellers in this house. There's some dwellers (laughs) in this house. (laughs) Um, uh, I want to bring up something that uh, you sent in the voice chat. Uh, I can't play it because my daughter's sleeping, but mm-hmm. you were talking uh, to Mike Hengel. Mm-hmm. 
do you want to do you want to say what you you have to say to Mike I Angel? I didn't say anything to Mike Angel. I I met Mike Angel in. No, no, you you sent you sent a voice message no, about was, how was, um it definitely Nick. wasn't me. I thought Mike was lovely and his wife was lovely. That was Nick. No, no, I'm, it wasn't me. I, phone. It, no, it categorically wasn't me. I can play it. Do you want to play <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, play it. Yeah, play it, Jake. Right, let's hear it. Let's, let's, let's get the evidence. Let yeah, the let's get the evidence here. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Nick. This is breaking the sanctity of the chat. There was legitimately a woman there with a beard. It just was weird. It just is a that weird was, thing. That was really a funny one. All right, let's see. Hoenn posted a lot of them in the chat. Uh, not the slithy tongue. Have you labeled them? Save, label, save, label. No, no, this is just, I'm just going to pick one. I don't know if it's the right one. Let's find out. I want to set the fucking record straight. When we're at the ATC, you didn't play Nick Hohen. You played Chris, the motherfucking bitch cousins who sat in the corner with his dark elves and didn't play a game. I was busy playing your fucking American teammate whose girlfriend had her tits out and was really pretty fucking hot. He played dwarves. He was a bit of a specky fucking cunt, but not as specky as Chris Cousins who just sat there in the corner against you. All right, so just so it's clear, next time you're on Major Fucking Sigma, don't say you played Nick Hohen, you played Chris fucking cousins. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I fucking love you. Jacob, I love you. Joe Pagano, fucking help me. <laughs> so oh, boy, that's the hardest we're at part bowling. Of- we're at bowling and Nick had these chicken skewers and it's like obviously no food at the bowling. And once Hobby goes down, he just throws two chicken skewers on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like bowling? He bowls the chicken skewers? Yes, he just threw them down. <laughs> and the woman who's our host comes over and she's like, you can't do that. He's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm a cop. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a cop. Oh, that's so funny. Did they go in the gutter or did they make it down the down the lane? Oh shit, something up uh, they they went on the they went on the lane. Um something really bad happened on the, the way home actually. I um I turned up at my place. I'm like on a major road and I saw there was a car with its lights on, like, I don't know, 20 meters away from my house. Um, and I pull in and I park out the front on the road and I'm just getting my phone like off the charger and I look up and this man has rushed from the other car and he's pinned me in and he's just like not letting me get out of my car and he's shouting at me really aggressively. Um, so I wind down my window and I'm just like, Hey, like what's up sort of thing. And, um, yeah, he's just, he's trying to attack me and he wants to like have a fight. Um, and it's about one o'clock in the morning, which is super late for me. I'm like really tired and I basically talk him down, but he's accusing me of living on this street, like three suburbs away. And that's the basis of him wanting to fight me. And it took me a good 15 minutes to talk him down. Um, and during that 15 minutes, he gave me his phone and he asked me to charge and it wasn't compatible with my phone. And then he, he like, he wanted, anyway, it was, it was very, very concerning. So I've got to go to the police station and make a report because we've had some, some issues um, with with people like that attacking young women. So, um, yeah, it was pretty scary. Actually, is Victoria that sketchy? No, Victoria is really Victoria is really nice. I live in a suburb with a university, so that universities can sometimes, um, you know, attract dodgy middle aged blokes, and he was absolutely one of them. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Like that's why you live there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um. So, do we want to move on to our next segment? I had so many more questions about the daughter's book. Shut up. 
<laughs> just, just shut, just shut up. It's your fault for shut, shut your whore mouth. Opening shut the fuck up. Thing. Just, just shut the, shut the fuck up. Any final words on the book, Sam? Oh, I love it. I'm really excited to to get some games in. Uh, I played one game with it last week. I'll play uh, on Wednesday night. I'll get a game in, and hopefully on Friday I'll get a game in. And then we've got list submission for SAGT on Sunday night. But Sunday is Hohen's wedding, so I won't get a chance to to play any games on the weekend. That's nice. I'm still waiting for my invite. Yeah, mine must have got held up in the mail. I mean, it's, it's he, tough, he literally right? he literally just WhatsApped the invite, so. Do you want me to just forward you it? <laughs> <laughs> What's the attire? Uh, Tuxedo t-shirt, I okay? I think a collar is a noose, so I'm going to wear a t-shirt. Um, so all we have to do is say we're tennis players and they'll let us ride in the country, right? <laughs> God, how mad would Cousins be if we showed up and it was like not a big deal? <laughs> I, genuinely, I, genuinely feel bad. I genuinely feel bad for how, how long... They were fucking stranded. Um, okay, you're both invited. I just sent you the invite. Awesome. Oh, fucking sweet. Uh, Sam, can you do me a solid? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've already agreed, so now you're in trouble. Uh, can you keep track of your record with Daughters of Cain, including uh, practice games, in and, and and put it in your signature line for like your, your work emails? Mm-hmm. I'm undefeated so far, so 100% win rate. Can you please put that? Because mm-hmm. that's even better than Benjamin Sava. And uh, that's amazing. Um, so something I really, really want to talk about. I've been, it's been grinding my gears, you know? Oh, here it goes. It's been grinding my gears. Um, you know, like if you go on like YouTube and someone's talking about something it will they have to like clarify if they're being paid to talk about that mm-hmm. promotion paid promotion yeah, paid promotion right or they received something for the review they're doing mm-hmm. it's called cash for yeah. comments in the media industry it's illegal in australia yes. to make comments um for payment of of kind so it doesn't need to be money explicitly it's illegal to make those those comments without disclosing it first it it breaches our broadcasting standards so I think that's like a big ethical problem in the Warhammer podcast community. Like mm-hmm. the people who are getting free battle tomes, free models, or have stores mm-hmm. are doing a disservice to the community by podcasting and offering what they say is an honest review. Mm-hmm. Because the Facehammer podcast where they touched on the Slanesh book was not a fucking honest review. Did you listen to yeah. any of it? Yeah. It's a really bad podcast, man. I, um, I gave them a chance when they went on Vince's show and they talked about Sons of Behemoth and that it, it's gotten to a point where it, it's it's almost like they're doing a, a bit. Like it, it, it felt like a caricature. And, and to his credit, Vince, Vince in a... Um, a really adult way, just called them out when they were wrong. <laughs> they would say, oh, it does this. He's like, no, it doesn't. It, it categorically doesn't. Um, <laughs> I can't, I, I, yeah, I can't listen to it anymore. It's, it's, it's gotten too much. But it's the same thing with, with Coach. It's the same thing with Shorts. It's the same thing with way too many. Um, I don't know the Just Play guys. I don't personally know anything about them, but they own a store. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And one of them, yeah. like literally, 
I forget which one it was, literally jumps into the Slanesh chat, says, hey guys, here's the new hotness, and posts a list with three keepers and like max, or I'm sorry, four keepers and max bliss barb archers. And then... And it's like... No, no, that's not the hotness. You're not giving any critical review. You're just trying to push people to to the just play site. It, it's so it's been so bad for the the content creation um like just in general it's like w- everyone's got a motive you know and it's starting to feel like everyone's motive is just to just get free and early shit and that doesn't benefit anyone but the person with the cast mm. and well, gw and, and gw yeah it benefits gw a lot and it's like they're doing the type of work that people in the world could be getting paid for and they're now not getting paid for it. You understand what I'm saying? Like that's another thing about it is like they're like stealing work from people who could get paid for working in advertisement because they're just doing it for free. Yeah, doing it doing it for free is, is really perplexing to me. So like what's the cost of your integrity? If the cost of your integrity is a $60 battle tome, four <laughs> or five days prior to that battle tome coming out, that says to me a lot about you as a person. Um, I, I already thought you were a simp, but now you've you've proven you're you're not AOS AOS coach, you're AOS cuck. Like <laughs> that that to me, like, that, because what you're it, saying is is you would rather lie or you would rather be disingenuous um, and receive a sixty dollar book than to be honest. Like your honesty is worth less than sixty bucks. It's good. it's a bit wild. Did any of you watch coaches review of those? Of the two books? No. No, I don't watch coaches. No, no stuff, me neither. You know? I don't want to give him clicks, but like I'm really genuinely curious what he had to say about the Slanesh book. Like I think you can go too far the other way as well. I think there have been instances where people, you know, are overly overly critical. Um, and sometimes that can have a bit of um, a snowballing effect. Like sometimes uh, on Rob's show uh, there he, he can be critical for the sake of being critical. But I think on on balance that you know the the stuff is authentic at least right um and it's coming from a place where there's a, a, an expectation that the the books are released with a level of quality and a level of parity that i just don't think gw or aspire aspiring to that's that's the hard thing about it as well but basically it's it's gone for me that the golden age for warhammer casting was when games workshop weren't invested in the community in the way that they are now um and that that people did casts because they had a passion for the product. And sometimes that passion would skew their analysis and they, they, you know, they'd say things are great when they weren't, but it was because they loved it. Like I love daughters of Cain. And I know that that, that means that my review is biased because I, I really like this book. So I'm, I'm more likely to, to latch onto the things that they've improved and that they've made better than I am to latch onto the things that maybe, um, maybe they've nerfed. Like we had a stage at the end of eighth where there was like the Black Sun, um, Point Hammered, Dwellers, that these casts that were ostensibly broadcasts, but they're actually on topic broadcasts. And I and love also that. all good at Warhammer, like Yeah, yeah. And um what was the other one? Skull Bros. That they were like there were probably four casts then that I would listen to religiously. And that was that was my wheelhouse. That was the sort of content I like listening to. And that doesn't exist now. And what it's been replaced with, I think, is a vastly inferior product. Um, so and I know the broadcast isn't for everyone. Like there, there were analytical casts back then, like maybe Heel and Hammer or something like that. Um, but I don't think that the I don't think you've got the same variety now. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that because 
Joe and I, the thing that actually brought up this conversation the first time is we were reflecting on what variety exists in the podcast scene at this point. And there's really just two podcasts, right? There's, there's our show or shows like ours, where we talk about getting drunk. We talk about the people we saw at tournaments. Mm -hmm. We goof off. We talk about who your favorite porn star is and why it's, uh, Abella Anderson, you know, that makes me really uncomfortable. Go on. Uh, we, we talk about, um, you know, what happened on Tuesday, why you drove to JFK instead of LaGuardia. And then Mm -hmm. you've got these other shows, which are pitching themselves as, Oh, one's uh, domestic. Of course. What? <laughs> that joke went so far over my head. Twenty thousand feet. Yeah. Oh god. I'm so lost. I was so stuck in my monologue, and now you threw me off. Okay. Keep said, going. Keep said, going. There's the two thing. types. There's there's a broadcast, right. and then there's a simpcast. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's 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 shows that that uh i mean they're basically infomercials that are pretending to Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. analytical shows about competitive warhammer i guess there's probably a third which is the like un uh the like the 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 analytical or like super competitive podcasts that have not yet been anointed by gw i think like just play was a an interesting example before because when i've listened to them i've i've not felt that that they were biased agreed Um, biased to the extent like that they were saying things that were untrue in order to receive favor from GW. Um, I just think that they were really strong in their opinions. They reminded me of like just a couple of super, super stubborn old um, white dudes with a super narrow view of the world. You know, the the kinds of guys you might bump into at the pub and their takes on everything are like so ironclad. It's not worth having a conversation with them because there's no room to move. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It makes me sad though when I look at the field of broadcasts because there's so many people saying nothing and mm-hmm. talking about nothing. And it's like these are people who, when there was a tournament scene, at least had games to talk about and like funny interactions with people to talk about. And they're, you know, if you if you were to describe all of broadcasts in in a nutshell, is we're not good at warhammer but we're good at funny mm-hmm. right but like without or bad at both <laughs> right and that's the thing is like i feel like i feel like there's just such a deluge of of people who are neither and have no stories to tell that so like how are they even roping me in by by saying like hey they mentioned me on their show it's like i don't even know how you're going to get me to listen to this show i'm mm-hmm. sorry dave Whitech, but like what are you bringing to the table yeah i think a lot of it ASMR, is now baby. Too- <laughs> I think a lot of it nowadays is that um, podcast. Is that podcasting is really accessible? And back in the time when like Dwellers was uh, an eighth ed, and like you had uh, you know Point Hammered and Skull Bros, it like took work to get an RSS feed going. Mm-hmm. And now all you got to do is just like log onto a website and pay ten dollars, and you have an RSS feed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's drumming their fingers? <laughs> it's Sam. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. Anyone can go and pick up a mic and, and 
and stick into their thing. And this is the thing with dwellers. Like when we do it, we do it live and we sit around a mixing board um, and we've got good mics and we do editing. And I know um, the actual content in terms of what we're talking about is dross, but the quality <laughs> of the production is a lot is a lot higher. And that's because they invested up front back in the day when that was the only way you could do it. And by raising the barrier of entry, it means the people that do it actually need to have invested some effort. And that that's just not the thing anymore. Not the, not the case. Yeah, you guys had the you guys had your your headphones of shame, right? If someone was mm-hmm. breathing too loud on the mics. The um, yeah, the, the the ones that I listen to, I really like Notorious when they're doing book reviews or tournament reviews. I find them to be both fun and interesting. Uh, I really like Mortally Wounded when they're doing like a list review style of show, um, and then I really like the ones that Rob does where it's him and Owen and they're talking about the um, the results, but they're talking about yeah. them in terms of the context and like what were the missions and what were the, 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 the top lists that played each other and how did that play out? That to me is that they're three interesting ways of doing casts that in no way require um, you to suck up to GW and they also don't require you um, to shit on GW either, which I think is also important. Like imagine if this was, we were up to an hour 20 now, imagine this was just 80 minutes of us complaining about the Slanesh book. Like I'd turn off after five minutes because it's not interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't say the same thing too many more times and make it funny. Like Mm. no one repeats their jokes on our show. No one, you know, like it's just not good podcasting. I just don't think the Slanesh book would be so disappointing if everything else was near that level, right? Like we already said that earlier, but like if everything else was kind of toned down a notch, yeah. Turned down a lot though. Like you'd have to turn down Lizardmen a lot. You'd have to double some of the points values and rewrite three of the war scrolls. It's the buffs. You just need to get rid of the priest, the priest buffs and then increase the points and you'd be okay with Seraphon, I think. So do you think if across the board each unit could only receive one buff that would fix the problems we have with the game. It would just I think that would hurt some armies yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard a rumor today from, uh, let's, I won't say his name, but he's really into weird sex and he's from Africa. So it's Nathan Prescott. Um, <laughs> that the, AOS 3 is going to scale the size of the game down significantly. That would make so sense. Like, like from a sales perspective, if you can get an army in a box and you can sell the box to a parent at Christmas, that's that's perfect, right? Yeah, I guess. So when you said, are you talking about board size or army point size? Army size. Oh, so it's going like, yeah. Which means that... Like I don't know how they're gonna rectify that though, points wise and gameplay wise. But he's the word is on the street is that it's gonna be very different from what it is now. That's scary. So, just playing fifteen hundred points in with with current books and current scrolls um, would just completely skew skew the balance of a whole heap of armies. So that they'd have to make other changes as well. We couldn't just reduce the size. Yeah. No. There. I think like changing coherency. Max unit caps, uh, battle line requirements, stuff like that. That's going to change the game a lot. Interesting. You think they're going to go to 50% lords and heroes? Yeah, and square bases, rank and flank. I would be okay with some rank and flank. 
Yeah, I wouldn't cry about it. As long as we, was... as long as we still have the the priority role. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would have been awful in Aethid if you had priority roles. You think so? Yeah. I feel like it would have made the game so much more dynamic. Like there were games you knew, you could you could. You'd need After to change the line of sight. Otherwise, you'd just gamble. If you if you knew you could get a double, you'd move as fast as you could into someone's flank, and then they wouldn't be able to get out of it. They wouldn't be able to see you either. That's true. Got to be a balance somewhere. Yeah. So, so Warbless Jay, you've been really like I think Jacob and I have. I think Joe and I have put our cards on the table and said that we think that that these people who are in inverted commas um, community leaders are actually um, having Fucking a really negative effect. Yeah, having a negative effect. There's a like a what is it toxic positivity thing going on there. Oh yeah. Um, you you haven't actually piled in on that, so you're you've been sitting on the fence protecting yourself. What do you think? Um, and if I were to throw some names at you. <laughs> Oh, we like can play. Do you, want to, do you want to play simp or not simp? Oh my god, no! Let's play simp Chuck or not Moore. simp, and you throw names at me. <laughs> Fucking Moore. enormous, but actually tiny simp. What else? AOS couch <laughs> would not sit on simp. <laughs> Rob, uh, traumatized. It's a, it's a double-ended spectrum, yeah. so I think yeah, yeah. he's he's a uh, he's he's traumatized beyond being able to be objective. Joe Pagano. Uh, the love of my life. Ben he's Johnson. he's a, he's a simp for the right people or person. What was it? What was that one? Ben, ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. He's like, he's the puppet master whose hand is up every Kermit simp's ass. <laughs> I don't actually know the. I don't know the crew. Anyone that's got the word um, playtester, unironically, in their Twitter profile. I'm trying to think of one. Detroit Warhammer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually think it varies case to case. I think some of them are really frustrated with the process and they really want it to be a good product. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then GW development doesn't use their because like playtesters are actually only responsible for a very small portion because all they do is give back recommendations, right? Like if you if you worked with an editor, if you were a writer and you worked with an editor and the editor gave you feedback and you said no thanks and then the editor still had to publish your book Mm. it would be such a different like we would have so many more twilights right they're doing another one actually the i don't know if it's yeah it's the new it's the new vampire the the new vampire book is going to be twilight themed joe if if the new grave lords was (laughs) was twilight themed would you still buy it Twilight Midnight Sun is the new one. I can't tell if you're being funny, but I, I really want it to be real, just so that I can. It is real. Make it that is joke. Real. I'm making that joke. Israel, really? 12, Bringing up Israel. Twelve here? years after really? it, it's coming. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not see that coming. Oh my god, it's the same story, but rather than being from Bella's perspective, it's from Edward's perspective. That's a cash grab. Oh, absolutely. They did the same thing with a. Uh, Divergent, and they just told the same story from Tobias's perspective, or not Tobias four. I don't know. Anyway, is that the one where they're in Chicago 
Yes. And they think that the rest of the world is like a post-apocalypse, but it's not, and they're just like the Truman Show? Yes. Wow. That is that one. Uh, I've been responding a whole bunch for like the last five minutes, but my mic was muted. <laughs> oh, so what's, what, would, what would you do if... Uh... If the Gravelords was all vampire themed and like vampires had a special rule that when they're playing in the daytime, they sparkle and are minus one to hit. Um, I would definitely play the shit out of it. I'd be Team Edward because fuck you, Jacob. <sighs> I really wish I had set that up because that would have been really good. Uh, I think the new ones look amazing. The um, the all the stuff they showed on the weekend, the, the White Lord looks so good. And the except the zombies are silly. I really dislike those I, zombies. I don't hate the zombies. I like the Same. old ones with the weird hands. With the hands that are the size of their fucking torso. Exactly. Fucking ham hands. Uh oh I if if that box set is less than two hundred dollars, there's a super real chance I'm getting Curse City. I'm buying it probably no matter what the price is, because I want to paint all that shit. Yeah. I was thinking about getting it nicely commissioned, Um, and then just yeah, we can play it as a as a squad um, when we go to Nick's house because everyone plays different systems now. So um, yeah, if I take something like that, we could all just sit down and and work through a mission or something. Sam, what are your thoughts on Mm. uh, X Wing Two Point Oh? I love it, man. I'm so excited. X Wing Tuesdays. Um, What are you even running? No, I haven't. I haven't started playing yet, so I'm gonna. I'm going to play the baddies. What are they called? Not Empire? rebels. Imperium. Empire. Yeah. Really first order. Um, I don't know. Is there, they're different ones. I'm just do, doing a bit of YouTube research, watching battle reports and stuff. Sure. Um, gold, gold squadron. Is that what it's called? Yes. Or gold, gold uh, leader. One of those. There was a um, Minox squadron for a while. Yeah. 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 So just having, having a look at it. It's, it's a really slick system. I was tossing up between that and Legion. So at my, aos club they play legion and aos on thursdays mm-hmm. um but i've got basketball on thursdays now so i've been missing that for ages so i want to get into a tuesday club hell yeah that's awesome did you play in x-wing one uh, only a little bit i i like i because at hampton when um aos came out everyone stopped playing gw so we're just right. trying a heap of different systems sure so like say o- over a six-week period maybe i i dip my toe in for like eight or ten different systems mm-hmm. so i didn't like play it competitively or whatever but the demo game i had was heaps of fun yeah and i like the way that you just roll out a four by four or whatever it is yeah chuck some really asteroids on and you're ready to go like it's really that that to me is real really cool it's really well designed i haven't played two um the more i talk to australians who are excited about two it makes me want to play it more Lockie is super into it i like when he gets excited about things because melodramatic Lockie is pretty boring. So, uh... All right, on to the next item on our agenda, which is, uh, Sam, we want to hear your review of the Kia Carnival. I drive a Hyundai i30, so it's got, what are we up to, Feb? It's got 10 months left on it, um, and then I'm going to trade it in for a new car in January, 
And um, you know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer designs the car for his brother? His brother's like this really rich entrepreneur and he um, he ruins his company. So my son has been choosing the design specs for our new cars. So we're getting, we're, we, we said that, that as a baseline, we're getting an SUV and then everything else he's been working on. So it's going to have a bull bar. It's going to be red. Oh it's going to have a tire on the outside. It's going to have five doors. It's going to have eight seats. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be good. Um, I'm looking at the uh, BMW X1 um, or the Audi Q5. I like the, the Audi two I like. They're, then they're small enough uh, that I'll still be able to park them <laughs> and they're big <laughs> enough that we'll be able to do family um, family activities with them. So they're, they, they, they're the winners at the moment. Are they union made? Uh, well, I don't think we do any production, um, any vehicle production in Australia anymore. Our labor market um, really struggles to be competitive because our minimum wage is so high. Um, what is your minimum wage? Oh, it's like whatever America's is times three. Like it's, it's our labor market sucks. Um, oh. and, and and that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. It just sure. means particular things need to be imported. Right. Um, and it, it means that we're in this really weird predicament with, um, people that work in hospitality so they still get poorly paid but it's not a tipping culture because the minimum wage is so high relative to other places where tipping is prevalent right. um so there's this this thing now like where you go to pay and it's like am i tipping or not i don't know like in america i'm confused about how much i'm supposed to tip and in australia i'm like is this a tipping restaurant or not a tipping restaurant i can't i can't work it out but yeah i remember when i was in uh, canberra i kept tipping the bartender and she's like you don't oh, that would do love that it's like he that i was like yes do. i do yeah that'll make, that'll make her so happy so three times the minimum wage i'm gonna wait it's 21 21 dollars an hour so. yeah that's like a, almost a living wage in some parts of the country yeah must be nice It's like $5 the minimum an hour wage, more than I make right now. The minimum wage um, in Australia is $753.80 per week. And that's assuming you work a 36-hour week. Is that standard? So you could obviously you could obviously work more than that. Well, if you worked in an industry where you got paid minimum wage, it would be hospitality or tourism. Yeah. And they're both industries where you can work seven days, 24 hours, so you could, you could do what you want to do. Do you get overtime over... Anything over 36 hours? It depends on your um, enterprise bargaining agreement. So in the industries that I've worked in, um, I've always worked on a, a weekly salary. And then um, if there was there was work outside of that salary, then I'd have to um, go through a process to, yeah, to get more money. That all sounds responsible. And you guys don't even have guns, right? Well, I've been going to the gym a bit. <laughs> yeah, so first time you've hit, uh, you've hit a hundred kilograms for three reps on bench, right? Uh-huh. That's like yeah, so like, that's, that's like a more good, than Chuck Moore. That's I was gonna say that's like at least twenty kilograms more than Chuck Moore on his one rep. Max. The aim is I want to get to um a hundred for all my compound lifts, so squat, deadlift, bench, um, and I'll say lat pull downs rather than pull ups. So if I can get to those four to a hundred three rounds, eight reps around by the end of the year. That's the, the aim. So like for That'd stuff like huge. deadlifts, 
deadlift and squat i'll do that super 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 easy yeah uh, but the stuff that's upper body it's going to be um it's going to be a bit of work and i'm trying to think of i don't even know what a reasonable lat pull weight is because in in like in, in the u.s the the three big the three big lifts are, are squat deadlift and, and bench press is like the one people talk about their like three rep maxes and shit like that. I can't even. Yeah. That, that, that pulls are really good for our, our, our line of work, Jacob, because we do so much overhead mm-hmm. holding. Mm-hmm. My shoulders get super sore randomly when I'm just supporting a piece of duct. Yeah. Mainly, know. mainly when tying in actually. Are you guys in the same industry now? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm an apprentice in sheet metal construction. All thanks to Joe. Yeah, it's not nepotism. I just told him to go call the hall. Yeah, right, right. And then you told your cousin, who happens to run my hall. Shh. Joe. It's illegal. Joe Maloney. Super Italian name. Well, that's the other thing. Who are your three favorite Italians in Warhammer? Magro's up oh, there. Oh, man. Uh, Tony Pacheco, Joe Pagano. Tony Pacheco's not Italian, I thought. I thought he was like... Isn't Pacheco a super Italian last name? No, it's Spanish. Like from Spain? Like Ed? Yeah. Like, well, no, Ed's Basque. Yeah, it's in Spain. So It's I, in Spain. I guess it, it just defaults to like Mike Scaletti. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Joe, and Mike. And I like Anika Gentili. Is that is that like that type of voice is acceptable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can no, make fun of racist. You can make fun of Italians because they're white. So like okay. racism doesn't actually cut them. Yeah. It's like you can call him a cracker all you want. It's not gonna actually hurt his feelings. Or a honky. Right? There's, like, a, there's a really racist word we use over here. I don't know if you use it there. Um for a white person. I, I wrote it in the chat. For Italians. Um, what does that stand for? Like racist. without gov. Um, without what what are the other ones the maltese they're in there um hey so what does wog stand for i don't know but it's it's a very offensive word so so in the united states they called italians wops w-o-p it stood for without papers ah i'm gonna see what it stands for there's a similar one for asians which is f-o-b yeah 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 Yeah, it's terrible do you guys call them fots because they're fresh off the train. Right, because you grew here, you didn't choo-choo here. Is that still a thing? Yeah, we've got that as well. They're awful. Those people suck. Is that like the whole Bendigo crowd? Um, No, to, to be fair, there's a lot of super nice dudes there, but it um, regrettably is some of them. Got it. Um, we've got some, yeah, we've got some backwaters in Australia. I'm surprised you guys have any it's water a- in Australia. We're land girt by sea. We're surrounded by sea. So yeah, yeah, okay, but like salt water is not potable. Also, I've never heard someone use the word girt in a sentence. Aside from it's in our, per, like if it's, it's, it's preceded by anthem. by go. It's Australians will let us rejoice. Our land is girt by sea. That's you don't know our national anthem. <laughs> Can't tell if you're making that up, but I love it. I want that to. I want to start making that the the slang for gogurt on the streets. 
Hey, dude, you got any girt? Yeah. yeah, man. No one knows the second verse. That's the best thing about it. Everyone just hums along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I think you've told us this on this show before. Yeah, I was doing a bit using the same material as last time. That's that's why you're back on our show. <laughs> it's right up our alley. This is worse than last time, which was a lot of fun. We all had a lot more energy, but it's still a lot better than the one you did with Nick. Oh, God, that was a bad. <laughs> did we release that? Yeah, we did. Because it was like Nick had like a four second delay. <laughs> so like every time we said anything, he would respond to it or be on to something else. We've done some really bad ones and released them. We did a really bad one with Will and... You did two with Will, and the second one was the same as the first. He was like, so I want to talk about pleasure. And you're like, haven't we done this? No, 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 not that Will. That was, you're right. But no, uh, we did a bad one with Will from Measured Gaming. Oh, yeah, that, the, it was the mega cast. It was the mini mega cast. Who else was on that? Yeah, have... No, that's Will from Model Citizens. That's, that's Model Citizen. Yeah. Were you on that, Sam? Lockie was on that one. I only had a work laptop at the time, and I didn't know what sort of conduct would happen so i was like i'm not using my work laptop to zencast now that i know it's just like this i definitely would use it i just never used the site before could just open it in an incognito browser if i opened incognito that would send off an alarm to the really like you're better off doing things in plain sight because then you can only be randomly audited right Hmm. whereas if you try and cover your tracks that then sets off an alarm that hey something must be going on yeah, that's interesting. I'm probably going to so, have um, two rolls with turkey, ham, Swiss cheese, avocado, and spinach. I got the rolls yesterday because I'm not going to the bakery every day, and I'm going to whack them in the oven, and I'll probably give them five to ten minutes on convectional cook, like it's going to be fan-forced oven, 180 degrees. Then I'll cut them open, put the cheese in, put them back in for another two minutes, sort of melt the chain, melt the cheese. Uh, and then mm. I'll chuck all the rest of the ingredients on. That sounds good. Have you thought about putting them all onto a marble table and then crumbling chips on top of it and then using two cold stone paddles to wrap it all together and then put it into a cone? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure those are spackling knives. <laughs> that was a deeply unsettling video. Yeah, I showed Lindsay and she started screaming and like left. <laughs> <laughs> just like no i'm not watching this i really didn't think it got that bad until she started crushing the chips on it with her bare hands yeah (laughs) there is no god (laughs) so my team's the best team in the nba at the moment spurs um, unsurprisingly uh, they're a very good home and away team they'll they'll lose in the playoffs because the other teams can go up a gear but um it means that I have an active interest in what's going on in in Utah and specifically what's going on in Salt Lake. So I sometimes read like the Salt Lake Tribune or whatever. And mm. um, there's some public health messaging there saying not to have the vaccine, which is just wild to me that people are actively paying to say avoid the, the vaccine. America is such a strange place. Yeah. And we also bought too many of the vaccine so other countries can't actually get it right for like every one vaccine we need we purchase only like 2.2 because that's sort of how we, how like nation scale vaccine purchasing works 
we win. We're the winners. We have the most of it. Awesome. But also, half of the South isn't going to get it because they heard from some nut job on Facebook that it's going to have a microchip or turn the frogs gay or something. <laughs> I hate our country so much. But it's like it's like my relationship with GW. I actually just want it to be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm probably never going to leave unless it does something really absurd. It got close. Oh yeah, yeah, like seventy three million to eighty million. Pretty narrow margin there. Yeah. So. I think we should call it. AOS 3 will not Sam. be televised. AOS 3 will not be brought to you by AOS Coach. AOS 3 will not feature references to Tay Rathi or some other made-up pop star that you decided to jam their name together with a god of the elves. AOS 3 will not go better with Diet Coke. This has been Rage of Sigmar. Look, have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul. Don't let my heart turn cold. Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul. Don't let my heart turn cold. Have mercy on many men, many, 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 many men. Wish they for me, yeah. I don't cry no more. I don't look to the sky no more. Cause I got it on me. I got it on me. I got it on me. You go run up if you want. What you talking about? Look. It's pot smoke, niggas know me, keep two fours like I'm Kobe As you riding or you hiding, if you sliding then you owe me Run up, catch cold feet, niggas act up to call police I don't make friends, yeah, I make bids, want some great bids with them OG This A, y'all be my trophy, shoot first, nigga, shoot back Oh nah, niggas, woo back, nigga, automatic when a woo clap Shoot first, nigga, shoot back, oh nah, niggas, woo back Nigga, automatic when a woo clap Automatic Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul Don't let my heart turn cold Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul Don't don't let my heart turn cold. Have mercy on many men, many, 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 many men. Wish that for me, yeah. I don't cry no more. I don't look to the sky no more. Cause I got it on me. I got it on me. I got it on me. You go run up if you want. That's up in his back, I won't let her. HD niggas throw up a redder. Shoot first, you do yourself a favor. Report like I'm Craig Sager. Back out, niggas in with the bluffing. Dread boo, niggas shoot you for nothing. Ten toes on your block like I'm drumming. SK, I have a blick, it's broad smoke. It's that nigga from the floor, shit, bitch, right back. And I don't politic, cause niggas ain't like that. I drop a slip or two and get a light pack. And I don't care if you lose this. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Don't let my heart turn cold. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Don't let my heart turn cold. Have mercy on many men. Many, 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 many men. Wish that for me. Yeah, I don't cry no more. I don't look to the sky no more. Cause I got it on me.
I got it on me. I got it on me. You could run up if you want. Mercy on me.